Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... Yeah. Matilda, can you say Josh? Sure. Can you say Widdicombe? Kick. Can you say Rob? Kick. 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 What do you reckon, Rob? I, look, that kid is obviously cute, but they have not introduced us on the podcast, have they? No, no. Fundamentally, it's pointless. Yes, exactly, exactly. Got the names of them all as well. Um, this is 18-month-old Matilda attempting to say both your names. Huge fan of the podcast, and it's gotten me through many sleepless nights and helped me laugh along with the craziness that is parenting. Gutted to be missing out and seeing you in April, but I'll most likely have a two-week-old baby. Ooh. So I decided to pass the tickets on to my sister, Daisy, who is also a huge fan. That is, uh, thanks for being so sexy and relatable, Molly from Brighton. Molly, I would say, Molly, your daughter didn't attempt to do that. She failed at it. Uh, yes. Is that too harsh? Well, you can attempt and fail. She tried and failed. Mm. Did she try? <laughs> Was that an attempt? Was that an attempt? That's all I'm saying. But, you know, let's, um, I don't want to go in too hard. Um, no. on a, um, we're t- we are, Josh, we are, we're we are tired. Me. We are. Should we explain where we are quickly? Yeah. Because we are doing a... Uh, we've got loads of correspondence because we keep asking for correspondence and then we just keep doing episodes where either I talk for an hour and have a breakdown or you talk for an hour and have a yeah. breakdown and we don't do any correspondence. So this is a correspondence episode. But I do think we need to set the scene of where we are. We've just done a gig last night in Barnard Castle. Yeah, well... Uh, Any jokes about that? We did not mention Dominic Cummings for the whole show, and uh, we are the first people to do a comedy show there and not mention him. And I think that is impressive. That that deserves a kind of, you know, a a round of applause. Well, we've got a round of applause, to be fair. Not for that. At least one. At least one. we did do a little nod to it, didn't we, where you said you were ill and you had a joke about COVID, and I said, you can't come here with COVID. Wink, wink. Which yeah. I don't think is a joke about it fully, is it? No, but it'll do. It'll do. Because I think shit comedians literally go, oh, Dominic Cummings, and then just look at the audience. I, I would say um, if I lived in Barnard Castle and I went to a string of gigs, I'd know what the first 10 minutes was going to be. And rightly so. Yeah. So, so we are. So we came up to Barnard Castle because we're doing a run. This is the maddest bit. This is the maddest bit. Well, well, the, <laughs> well, the, the, the run, let's talk about the run, which okay. I always, this is what I always, you know, people like Elvis want to go and do like a Vegas residency like Adele's doing now, or yeah. maybe it's the London Palladium or the Hammers of Apollo or, you know, but our, our gigs this week, Monday night, uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Barnard Castle, Hexham, North Allerton, the big ones. It's where it all begins. It's, it's where, where it all begins. And ends. 
and ends. You play it twice. Um, it, it's genuinely mad. Um, we I've never heard of two of these three places until no, no. Sunday when I looked at my diary. I've still not been to them because we've only been to the one I've heard of. I've only heard of one of them in the last two years. Yeah, well, we had to go to Darlington to get food to take to Barnard Castle. Yeah. <laughs> because there's only one pub called the Horseshoe. Do you want to tell, say about me not being recognised in Nando's? I can feel it's, t- it's your oh, yes, it's, right, right, So, um, as we waited outside Nando's to go in, Josh, the tour manager, lovely Ali, went to, Josh, do you want me to go in for you so you don't get hassled? And Josh was like, don't worry, Ali, I'm sure I'll be fine. And he was, not one person <laughs> even knew who you were, Josh. Lo- oh, I had to wait for ten minutes. I wasn't even ready. I was on. I was on full display on the sofa, Rob. Yeah, you sat. You almost sat there like a sort of peacock, waiting to be discovered. <laughs> you were ready for it. And then I was um, ready the for theme it. of not being known or recognised carried on to Barnard Castle. Do you want to? Do you want to tell the listeners what happened? Yes, this is. This was a mind blowing moment. <laughs> Can't believe this happened. <laughs> How many audience members? 250 people in the room for the Parenting Hell podcast live work in progress gig. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. How many people had heard the podcast? Um, So how many people had listened to the podcast? I'd say we'd be lucky if it was 10%. Yeah. It was incredible. It was a room full of people that had never heard the podcast going to a live (laughs) podcast. And I tell you what, Josh. They hadn't just never heard our podcast. They'd never heard what a podcast was, some of them. (laughs) Some didn't know what a podcast was. Some of the audience didn't know what a podcast was. And we were trying to do a bit about stiff and loose necks that, to be honest, went to fuck all deservedly oh. because, of course, they weren't interested. Well, we did in-jokes. We did podcast in-jokes. We did a bit about Roger Black. They didn't care. I've, I've never experienced an in-joke become an out-joke so quickly. No. Oh, no my one God. Knew what we were talking about. Oh, my God. It was very pleasant. Rob Rouse was incredibly good as the uh, oh, guest. They loved Rob Rouse. We were going to get him on the show. He was brilliant. No, it, it, was, a good sh- it was a good gig, yeah. and everyone laughed, but they all laughed. What was quite encouraging was all the stuff I thought they'd definitely laugh at, no one yeah. laughed. <laughs> <laughs> at all. But no. then the other stuff, which I thought was, you know, maybe not in-jokey, because I was you don't want the tour to be too in-jokey because it becomes a bit of a nostalgia yeah. fest of what's happened. But obviously we're doing new stuff for the show that they were already laughing at. So I thought, actually, this is quite good because it proves that yeah. it, it sort of works on its own because these people don't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> and the, the most humiliating part is if you do throw up Roger Black's Wikipedia photo because it looks like a tennis ball has been fired at his head but it's actually a microphone it, if you do that to people that don't know the backstory you, there's a lot of exposition <laughs> yeah there was one bit where because I was t- tentatively tiptoeing around before showing the photo because I didn't have full confidence in it when I, I tried to tentatively explain we spent half an episode talking about Roger Black and <laughs> at that, I think if anything that made the situation more confusing as to what was yes. going on and then, we, then for one part we flashed up a picture of Rick Waller and I just thought to myself I can't even bother to explain <laughs> I'm just going to just let them think oh there's a picture of Rick Waller there for no reason <laughs> 
Oh, oh man! I did alive. lose my temper slightly though at one point when I when, when I'd gone through the front row of about eight people, and yeah. then the eighth person said, "No, I've never listened to it either." <laughs> and I did shout out, and then, "Well, what the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> Which that was the only time I sort of got because I was just a bit I was a bit rattled, Josh. <laughs> I was. It was a. Str- it was the first night. We've got a ten <laughs> ten warm up dates <laughs> before we play arenas. Yeah, and the first one. <laughs> Was to people who've never heard the podcast. And I've lost faith that the people of Hexham and North Allerton will be diehard fans, if I'm honest with you, either. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we should have stuck to the big cities. Where they should, have we leave, should we leave 10 minutes at the end of this podcast and tack on a bit we record tomorrow after North Allerton to report whether. I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't have that hanging over me on stage. <laughs> It's just, but you, uh, the thing is, if you are trying to put a show together about a podcast, you assume the people coming have seen it. <laughs> it's like, do, do you know what I mean? It's like doing a Q&A with the stars of Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds is there. And they go, all right, all right, um, who's he then? Pardon? Who's that bloke's out there? And the, the guy that you're supposed to be... The Q&A as well. Because when we've done it in London, we did it. Oh, the Q&A yeah. was a disaster. <laughs> the Q&A was an absolute debacle. When we've done it in London before, we've done it at the, up the Creek Comedy Club, we've done it at Hackney Empire. People had people had listened to the podcast and had questions. Gone really deep, really deep questions about yeah, the podcast. Like, that's why we sort of, when we were writing it, we were like, okay, they're really diehard fans of people that are coming, as you would expect. Yeah. You know, the people that buy a ticket to the podcast tour, you expect to be like into it. We thought, okay, we'll give them what they want but these are these but i just think these people one woman i said what are you doing here she said if i come here i don't have to put the heating on at home <laughs> and she did not laugh for the rest of the night <laughs> she had a face like thunder it was incredible as i would if i'd gone to a podcast show about a podcast <laughs> i've never listened to imagine if you turned up to a show thinking it was going to be a stand-up show right from two people on tv yeah and they walked on stage yeah and they said this isn't a stand-up show this is a show about and then they said a medium you'd never even heard of (laughs) (laughs) this is a show about hieroglyphics yeah and you're like what (laughs) they're like are you not a fan of that side of my career and then i just scream at them look at the size of roger black's microphone (laughs) (laughs) isn't it big and they go yes i'm like we'll fucking laugh then Shall we read out the one question we got to the Q&A that was usable? This sums I don't up. think... Look, also, for the Q&A, we put up a WhatsApp number. I've had a look around Barnard Castle. I don't think a lot of people are using WhatsApp. No, no, no. I'd say that's fair. I'd say that's very fair. And they're really old, and then they didn't like it when I made jokes about them being old. Yeah, they didn't like that. Yeah, when we did the bit about boomer parents... <laughs> they're all boomers! They're all going, yeah, that's all... a good bit of parenting, that. They were agreeing. <laughs> Uh, this is a question. I don't listen to the podcast. That's how it starts. Fucking unbelievable. But I do watch you on 8 out of 10 cats. Does Rachel Riley really work out the maths herself in the same time as you're allowed? Mm, yes, she does. And that was yeah. the end of the Q&A. <laughs> 15 minutes we had penned out for that. Jesus Christ. Do you know what, though? It's a good test of the format. Because oh, it, it I've never did been more confident well. in the show in my life. Oh, it was that's great. Like, because you, you know laugh. when an athlete does high-altitude training? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> that's what we've done. We've I was up to, in Big Bear. <laughs> yeah, I've gone to train in Chile on the top of a mountain so that when we come down... 
to the O2. Oh, when we swan into the O2 at Manchester Arena, it's yeah. going to be fine. It's like, a, you know, like a, a middleweight spar and a heavyweight just to get used to the bigger punches. Exactly. And then when they're in the ring for the big one. But no, that was a good test of the format because if because it, it was a good night. Everyone stayed and laughed Every, and enjoyed Everyone it. loved it, like, incredibly. Apart from that one woman in the front row who fucking hated it. <laughs> No, she did laugh at some stuff. You never know what's going on with people, but yeah, yeah. it's quite. There is well, no matter how well it's going, you always do sort of lock eyes with the person that's not enjoying it the most. But um, you yeah, know, I, I I think for the first one back with a room full of people that never listened and they still laughed and enjoyed it, I yeah. think this is this is good. I think we'll be the first people in the history to go on tour of a podcast tour, and it actually increases podcast listeners through a weird bit of face to face marketing. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, right. Well, anyway, um, we, we thoroughly to. enjoyed it, despite the slight... Uh, no, it was great, and it went well, but I was I, for the first 10 minutes, I was so confused. Yeah, so it was what mad. what are you doing here? It was so mad. Why, um, why are you here? I've, one person I've come for an hour for this. I was like, I've come for five hours. <laughs> Our train was cancelled. Our train was cancelled twice. We, we were on the hottest, busiest train ever. And I don't sweat, Josh. I stunk on that train. You dropped a bag on someone's head. Oh, I dropped a bag on an old man's head. And such a heavy so, bag. Oh, such a heavy so, bag. He had such a weak old neck. <laughs> he took it in good spirits. Oh, fucking hell. Um, anyway, yeah, so right. onwards and upwards. I'm, I'm onwards enjoying them, though. <laughs> onwards and upwards is always the <laughs> bleakest thing to say. Right, guys, I'm with but let's not worry too much. Let's go. Let's go. Let's keep going. Keep plowing on. Hexham. Let's get to Hexham. Let's go. Let's oh, get God. to North Allerton. I've never heard of these places. North Allerton. Um, we will have done them anyway by the time you listen to this, but yeah. no one from North Allerton's probably listening anyway. No, um, I've never felt so free to slag off the audience of a gig on a podcast knowing yeah. they won't be listening. I always um, double check. Uh, oh, there's a Peter Express in North Allerton. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, hello. There isn't in a Darlington. It's shut down. Rob, this isn't the time to check what we're going to have for dinner Sorry. tomorrow. <laughs> God, Absolutely astonishing. <laughs> what are you going to have for dinner tomorrow night? Tomorrow right. night. What did you make of being away in a hotel, away from the kids? Do you know what? It's a massive old stately home hotel and it's quite spooky. But it's, it's so spooky. quiet because we're in the countryside. And mm. um, it's the best sleep I've had in ages. Sorry, Lou. It was, was so it? quiet. Yeah, I didn't realise how quiet the countryside is. Yeah. Because we did, uh, yesterday we did, I probably did about seven, eight hours of travelling just to do like a 90 minute show. And to I was people who never heard of you. <laughs> well, they had heard of you. They just didn't know you worked in podcasting. Yeah, they just, I, I think they would have preferred it if you spoke about Adam Hills and I spoke about Romesh, really. <laughs> rather than our kids. Right, um, do you want to do some correspondence? Yeah, why not? Right, here we go. Funny things kids say. We've had a few of these coming in. Okay, happy new year, you cool, sexy guys. Just listening to the episode and the chat around kids saying words wrong. A personal favourite of mine, three-year-old is calling toothpaste poo taste. Oh, that is good. That's strong, isn't it? It's a bit of well, fun, it's isn't it? Strong is the wrong word, but that is good. Because to change both words so they're perfect is... Uh, it's well, a real achievement of the child. Taste. Much love, Natalie, husband Tom, three-year-old Heather, and 34-week bump. So we had a bit of a, a nightmare with the tooth br- teeth brushing thing. Our kids yeah. were going, we'll brush our teeth ourselves. And was like, aren't they grown up? Aren't they doing it well? Mm. But the youngest has got like a less 
powerful toothpaste because she hasn't got a proper teeth yet. And then the older one, it's sort of like, it doesn't feel like she's doing them properly. I was like, I don't think she's doing it properly because they're getting a bit like, not bad, but it's like, it didn't yeah. look like as clean as they could be. So then I went, let me do them. I'll do them properly. So I thought, if I, like, let's start doing them properly at least once a day, like before bed. So I started doing it and I, I was using her like grown up toothpaste as it were. And she went mental. <laughs> What's that? It's burning. It's burning. I was like, well, she's obviously <laughs> never used it before, has she? She's been using her sister's. <laughs> That's why they're not cleaning their teeth properly. Burning. She's like, ah, ah, it's burning, it's fire. Ah. I was like, well, you've never brushed, you've just been rubbing your teeth in water, haven't you? Burning. Oh my God. Um, oh. Right, more kids saying the funny things. Oh, here we go. This is a new one from Sophie. I thought you know about my son Louis, age three. He, he calls trousers what he calls trousers and shorts. Shorts are now known in our house as open trousers, <laughs> and pants slash trousers are called closed trousers. I think that's good. I think that's is kind of logical. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, open trousers. Open trousers. Um, been listening since the beginning. I hope you never not make this podcast, Sophie. Okay. Oh, well, thank uh, you. Go to Barnard Castle. New one exists. <laughs> but thanks for coming guys I want to say yeah, yeah, I don't be ungrateful but it was just no. a bit of a shock it was a good fun gig um, right here we go what we got here here we go I've got a boomer story for you Josh oh yeah well that wouldn't have gone down well last night Hi, Rob and Josh. Big fan of the podcast. I wanted to share an incident that happened to me when I was younger. I was approximately seven or eight years old. This Ooh. would have been in the 90s. My mum brought me to Marks and Spencer's at Christmas time to do some shopping. My mum had gone to the till to pay and I spotted the little card wallets that you would have placed a gift card in. As they were on display with no price, I assumed they were free and helped myself to quite a handful oh, yes, to please. write my Christmas cards. Fast forward to several weeks later. I can imagine my kids doing that. Just sort of a little creepy little, yeah. I'll just take them. Fast forward to several weeks later, when to my horror, I received a letter from the store detective. What? Saying no. I'd been caught on CCTV no. stealing the gift card wallets. And then I had to attend the store for a meeting. Otherwise, I'd be banned from all Marks and Spencer's stores. I was devastated. To be fair, at seven, I would have taken that. Imagine that. Yeah, I didn't. Sorry, I Mom. don't think I'm... I, yeah. yeah. Can't come I don't in, think I cared about, I don't really know how... If I was banned from all M&S stores now, it would be annoying at stations. But apart from that, no, I think no, I no, could... No, no, I'd, no, I'd be upset now. Would you? It's so good for your basics. And a little it's bit of a full so treat. <laughs> Oh, mate, if you need a pair of socks, do you know what I mean? Because if you go in Primark, they don't... By the time you've put them on your foot, they've already perished. I think there's a good, happy medium. You don't, you don't want to be caught out at Calvin Klein at the station and pay, like, 20 quid for a pair of socks if you haven't got socks. Why are you buying socks at a station? Because I hadn't got... Right, because I, I had to buy stocks and socks at the station to come up here because... What? Because I didn't do any washing when Lou came back from New York, and then Lou didn't oh, do no. any for a week because she was busy, and there was no clothes. Oh no, so you had so to, had to buy, buy new socks, socks to come yeah. to Barnard yeah, Castle. Because I had white socks. I couldn't wear white socks with black trainers and black No, exactly. Jeans. To be fair, it would have got a five minutes, so I should have done that. <laughs> anyway, so she was absolutely devastated, this girl, about this letter. However, what I didn't realise until many years later, taking talking about approximately 15, was the letter was signed by Mrs. Mrs. Diane Tectif. Oh, nice. Nice. Otherwise known as Mrs. Detective. Detective. Yeah. yeah. And it was actually my mum who had written me the letter to scare me into not stealing. All those years, I never foot set in Marks and Spencer's again. Oh, Why my God, I would have been no. arrested on site. Oh, no. <laughs> Imagine that. That's awful. Also, 
also, surely by the time you've hit about 13, they wouldn't recognise you anyway. Because no, the last team they've seen you is when you were seven. Oh, no, I get sad now. Adding to the increased anxiety I'd built up over the past few weeks since the letter, that night, after I didn't go to the meeting, I cried myself to sleep believing I was the worst criminal for innocently taking oh the items off the link oh for free. Oh, my God. Leaving this anonymous, though, just in case they're searching for me, keep up the work. <laughs> the reformed <laughs> gift card wallet thief. Oh, but my I God. Do, I, I, if your kid has actually stolen something, right, on purpose, and they've nicked it, I think that's a semi-acceptable thing to scare them, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I think you should maybe play it straight rather than play a prank on them to yeah, show maybe them. maybe just go, you shouldn't be doing this and tell them off. But yeah. you certainly didn't do it to a seven-year-old that did it out of just being a bit, like, yeah. just being seven. Just being seven. Just being seven. Just being bloody seven, mate. Oh, yeah, well, we've got go. to Kid- open a fizzy bottle of water. Sorry, this is going to make a sound. Uh, Josh, you drink so much liquid. I love liquid. <laughs> I saw you on the train. I reckon you had five cups of tea. I had no, I didn't. I had three. Three. You had one in the in the in the station before we left. Oh no, no, I had two on the train and one in the station. Come right, on, now. okay. And, then and then I had I- four bottles of water. It's a lot on a three-hour journey. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like to be hydrated. I'm going to have some water now as well. You've in, you influenced me. Here we go. Hello, you slags. As an avid listener from episode one, I couldn't resist writing in for your injured by kids piece. Oh, I like it that it's a piece. It feels like yeah. I'm like a classical composer. Yeah. But it's actually me just reading out the times children have hurt adults. <laughs> My dad in the early 90s was lying at the bottom of the stairs, having just walked in from work at bedtime. <laughs> that what? needs a bit more. Yeah, yeah. You know the classic situation. You walk in <laughs> and you lie at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, no. So I think what he's done is the, kid, the kids were upstairs. So he walked in and laid on the floor of like at the bottom of the stairs with his arms out for a cuddle. As if oh, to go, right, come okay, down yeah. and give me a cuddle on the floor kind of thing. Because I think normally what I'm getting now, now the kids are a bit older. If I, I used to crouch like a sort of a squat for a, a toilet. Okay. And, um, I'd stand like that, but now they run into me with so much force. It's like an NFL player. I go backwards. Oh, really? So now I actually just sort so of sit. you need sit, to brace. I, position, I just sit on my bum now and let them run at me and hug them. Right, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise we all go over and I'll twist my ankle, okay? So he's sort of laying on his back waiting for his kids. Anyway, so four-year-old me knew the drill. Run down the stairs and bundle dad. That was, a, yeah. that was the game. Toddler sister, however, saw the open arms and cannonballed. I'm talking knees tucked tight to the chest. No. Arms wrapped around the knees. Basically, oh no. a solid little unit landed squarely on Dad's chest. Oh my God, that could kill him. <laughs> Several broken ribs. Oh. Some naughty words from Dad and time off work as his job at the time was climbing the electricity pylons to oh fit my the lines God. and refit the Mexico film. That is incredible. Broken, several broken ribs. Oh my God, imagine just seeing your child descend. At you like that. I fell down the stairs yesterday, uh, on Sunday for the first time in uh, two decades. <laughs> Talk me through it. A, a full, like, Frank Spencer tumble or a slip onto your bum? I, so, forwards. You got, you got walking up the stairs? No, I was going down the stairs. And you fell forwards? Last stair. So, it was, <laughs> it was just the three stairs, but it didn't really matter because I was on the last stair. And I... Put my foot on the final stair, but I misjudged it somehow. I just got caught my heel on the stair rather than my full foot. Right. Slipped off, smacked my foot on the floor below, and I fell forwards. I didn't have time to put my hands out. Hit my shin on the floor. Full, <laughs> full splat. It was un... I'm, you know when you're like, I can't believe that just happened. It was like <laughs> I hit my chin on the fucking floor. It was... I, 
Was you all right? Yeah, I was. I, the biggest pain was my foot because I'd waxed the front of my foot when it oh. sp spun off the stairs. Which I tell you, the worst time, the most embarrassing fall I've ever had. But luckily, yeah. it was in private. Yeah, I was in my old flat, and it was like all on the ground floor, and we had like slippy laminate flooring all the way from the kitchen, and then into a hallway, and into like the front room area. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I forgot. I was. I think I was like. Oh, it was. Like, I was um, grilling some saurine. <laughs> You had the malt loaf. Yeah, I love a saurine. Ah, oh, but the saurine with a bit of butter on it. So Grilled. Oh, that is that is absolute luxury. I think it's the crispiest and chewiest thing that we could ever have oh, at once. I might have, I might have that soon. Yeah, actually. so you can get it nice and crispy, bit of butter, and it melts on it. It's nice, a little treat. Yeah, you know. Anyway, but if you're not if you're not careful with it, you burn. You're in brown. You're in brown town, aren't you? It's burning. Yeah, quick of course. Yeah, yeah, because it's already dark, so it's hard to spot the burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm in the front room watching Premier, Premier League years or whatever. And yeah. I can... Oh, he's burning. So I can smell it's burning. Right, so you, you, you're time pressured. So, yeah. So I ran from there. And then oh, as no. I got to the kitchen, I slipped. <laughs> right? I slipped. And as I slipped, I, 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 I full pelt went down. And then... Cut my head on the <gasps> grill door that was open. Oh no! Like, 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 like oh it just like scraped down it like Harry Potter. Oh and my Cut my God. head open like that. Like not, not, not enough to go hospital, but like, do, I, do you think yeah. I need a stitch? <laughs> One of them oh ones. My God, was, oh my <laughs> God! Oh my God! My own. So it's so weird when something like that happens on your own. Yeah. It's so bad, but normally people are like, are you all right? I just want to lay there in silence. Oh, my God. And did you, how quickly did you think I need to sort the soaring? Uh, immediately. Like, I did that before yeah. I cleared up the blood. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll get that Tires. out, put it on the side, and then I'll, I'll, I'll attend to the blood. But I had, like, slippy socks on, and I just went down, and it was so, I was like, honestly, I reckon if it was a bit, you know, like, two foot forward... Yeah, I, I would have just smashed my head like on the whole of it through. The, oh, it'd be awful. Oh god, but I didn't, and I'm here to tell the tale, oh, Josh. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to see the CCTV of that. I know. I think that's some of the things I've done. If yeah, you it on CCTV. Then I, I, I trip over my feet quite a lot walking in the street. Right, do you want another one? Hi there. I was listening to an old episode recently where you asked us to let you know what to do with all the terrible, amazing pictures the kids bring home. Okay, you know, like because I've got a big collection of art. In, in brackets, in well, inverted commas. Yeah. I have a friend who used to put the truly bad ones, those ones that are just little scribbles of paper, straight into the recycling bin. However, one day, one of the children was helping oh, no. Daddy put out the recycling bin, and the wind oh, no. blew the top open. Loads of beloved pictures were blown all over the draft. I'm a scribble one into the recycling, but if it's half decent and they've coloured it in properly, I'll keep that. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm doing at the yeah. moment. When the mummy was asked why so many beautiful pieces of artwork had been thrown away like a piece of rubbish, my friend had to think fast. Well, she said, the thing is, the people who collect the recycling don't have any children, so I like to oh give them God. some of yours oh my God. to put on their walls. That is, that is brilliant thinking. That is superb <laughs> thinking off the cuff. I love that. I love that. <laughs> What a genius my friend was. That went down so well. The kids started doing drawings, especially for the recycling bin and the recycling bin. Amazing. Oh, wow. Superb. That's great, isn't it? My suggestion for the good drawings, the lovely ones we want to keep, is to take a photo of them and turn them into a picture book. Great for Father's Day presents and gifts to grandparents at Christmas. That's a great idea. Yes. Take yes. a photo of it and then you can send it off to make it into a book. Really good. Good really work. Do you, do you know what? I'm, I'd say pound for pound, that's one of the best emails we've had. Yeah. Great parenting on every level. Up, yeah, but great parenting. Funny story. Then a little bit of advice. Yeah. 
That's the, the full package. The Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. Um, I've got a good one here, Josh. Um, hello. After listening to Tuesday's episode, I had to send you these pictures. I don't have a load of pesto in my fridge. This was when you had six pestos, Josh. Oh, yeah. This is Mel in Devon. Right. Get ready for this, okay? Yeah. I don't have... We've got pictures. We'll put them on Instagram. I don't have a load of pesto in my fridge, but I do have 10 pots of Bisto. What? And get this. 14 bottles of fry lights. What a fry lights? <laughs> what are fry lights? Fry lights is like a little spray oil. So rather than putting like olive oil, it's sort of um it's supposed to be like low like low calorie because you're just spraying it rather than pouring yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. This is coming out. But yeah, we used to use fry lights. We've not had fry light for ages. That is incredible. <laughs> she bought it all. Ten bistos. But a lot of the time, if stuff gets left, if you're ordering it online, stuff yeah. gets left in there from last time. Yeah, it just gets sh- shunted to the back. Because I always do get some like, back. If I've got people coming around, like, oh, I'm doing a roast, like, oh, I'll get some gravy. But I never check if I've got the gravy. No, of course. What really should happen, right, is yeah. the best way to do it. This is my invention, Rob. Yeah. You shouldn't have a back on the fridge. So it should just go straight into the recycling. So whenever you put new stuff in, the stuff that's old just falls off the back into the recycling. So you don't get the pesto situation. It's just a renewing fridge. So it falls off like those two right. pea machines in the arcade. Okay. So there's also, you know, like in big supermarkets, sometimes they have a little outlet, an aisle behind the fridge where they put new stock at the back so that the old stock gets pushed to the front. Yeah. So it's like an inverse one of those. Yeah. So yeah, it's exactly. like a lot of room in your kitchen. Yeah, it's not ideal. No. It's not so, ideal. Okay. So it's like, do you know what I love? You know, when you go away on holiday and yeah. you just go, well, that'll be out of date when we get back, give it a good old clear out. Yeah. It's quite refreshing, isn't it, to have an empty fridge? Do you... I don't know if I've raised this with Rose on the podcast before, Go but on. I'd say it'd be, it might be my answer to the thing that annoys you most about your partner. Okay. Um, I've got two things. Go One on. is leaving a teaspoon on the side when it's been in a cup of tea. Also as well, you've got so many little knick-knack cups. You could definitely put that in yeah. like a little... Like, you could definitely have a, a, a tea yeah. bag spoon. Yeah. Holder. yeah, exactly, exactly. The second one is... Uh, going to get something out the fridge and Rose going, oh, that hummus is off. And you're like, well, if you know it's off, why is it still in the fridge? Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that cabbage at the bottom, that, that's, that's inedible. Well, why is it still there? Yeah, because if, if, if I look at something, it's off that straight in a bit. It's not a hard procedure, is it? Just saying it. Think, just you, saying it. Do you know what it is? She's a wonderful think, woman, but just saying this is Yeah, that's, that's fair. But do you know what it is? In her defence, I think it might be a slight psychological thing where people just don't like waste, so they've brought up in a house. Yeah, Some people totally. were quite, parents were quite, not saying that hers were, but like, can be quite militant. If we don't have waste, blah, 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 it's bad to have waste. You need to manage your fridge properly and make sure it's, that you're eating it. It's difficult to throw stuff away, totally. If she, and I think it may be in her head, if she's not the one throwing it away, then it's almost like oh, absolves her as responsibility. Rob, yeah. her mum, wonderful yeah. woman, <laughs> is a uh, is wonderful. wonderful woman. Is the ultimate uh, is the ultimate fridge hoarder. Like really, the things we find in Tupperware when she's gone home are fucking incredible. I took a photo of one the other day to send to Rose. Luckily, so I can use it on here. Yeah, I was like, what's taking up? Why is there no room in that? This was when I was doing the big clear out in right. the fridge. Look at that. <laughs> that is such a big Tupperware for one sausage. <laughs> it looks like human shit. It does look like a shit in a Tupperware. <laughs> it looks like something you've got to take to the doctors. 
I hope that's okay. I hope that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So that, yeah, that I for me, I'm wrapping that in tin foil. Well, for me, I'm throwing it in the bin because I'm either throwing it in the bin now, or I'm throwing it in the bin. Basically, what happens is Rose's mum puts stuff in the fridge so that we can throw it away in a week. That's what happens. Yeah, but but if you have cooked sausages, you're not going to throw away I sausage. Know, I know, let, I know. Be, yeah, but that's but, fine. But, but that's, that big. was at the back of the fridge. It had been forgot. It's always forgotten. It's. <laughs> It's like um, half an onion well, in a Tupperware <laughs> at the back of the fridge from four weeks ago. Oh, my mate found half an onion left yeah. in a cupboard at his place, at uni place. Yeah. It had been there, I think, for, for, for months. We opened it and the smell, I've never oh, smelled God. anything oh, so God. bad. It was so bad that we had to leave the building. Oh, my God. And then God. we went to the pub and then we kind of had still smell. And then the week later, when they got an inspection, they got they got charged for like a, a, a like a, like a cleaning service to get the smell out. And that on all they we did was lift the lid on the oven. Oh my god! Oh, do you want to know the worst smell I've ever smelled? Is that a- <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an email in? Email in. What's the worst smell you've ever smelled? <laughs> I'm actually quite excited about the emails. Yeah, I am quite excited. <laughs> Oh, um, honestly, if I should close my eyes, I can smell that onion. I think this is worse. Good. So, because we grew, we grew up in Devon. I grew up in Devon, right? Yeah. yeah. And we, we had, uh, obviously we had normal house with indoor toilets, but there was still an outdoor toilet yeah. from back in the day. Right. That was in a, like in a shed in the garden. Yeah. And occasionally during summer, this would get used because you'd be out playing in the garden. You'd just go into the outdoor toilet, have a piss. It right. had plastered walls. That we had pens in, so it had loads of graffiti on the walls. So I'd written, I remember there was like Plymouth Argyle, one million, Man United, nil, that kind of stuff around right, the walls. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it flushed and worked and stuff. Flushed and worked. It yeah. was quite pleasant in the summer because it was yeah, like going, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like outdoor at a pub or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think these people that moan about outdoor toilets, but we had outdoor toilets. Yeah, sure, it's rough in the winter, but in the summer, what in a the treat. summer, enjoy no, it. Going right. up the stairs, you're in the garden yeah. having a barbecue. Sinking the beers, you're pissing every 20 minutes, just pop over there and piss in that shed. Exactly. So, then for some reason, I think like it was winter, it was, yeah. the, it was the ice cold middle of winter, and like the, the bathroom was taken up. Okay. Uh, and so I thought, I'll just go to the outdoor toilet. Yeah. <laughs> And it was, I remember it was dark. It must've been, it was the evening. It was freezing. And I went in (laughs) and it was frozen, but it was also frozen. Someone at the end of the summer had done a piss and shit and not flushed it. (laughs) So so, so there was a floater in there that had now frozen. Frozen in time. And so it's been there for six months. In yellow ice. Yeah. Frozen piss and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought, yeah, I'll just piss on this. (laughs) I'll still go. I was like eight or whatever. <laughs> and, and then warm, quite warm piss. <laughs> the smell of the, the warm piss. It, yeah, melted the ice. <laughs> it was all released. And the smell was like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> oh my God. And it was bad, was it? It was awful. Oh. It was just the worst thing I've ever experienced.
Me, Tim and Jack, we were on a, we were travelling around Europe. We were going from uh, Lake Bled in Slovenia back to Ljubljana before we went to Bratislava, Ooh. okay? And um, we were on this coach and we got really drunk the night before. I'm on this coach and I remember going... I just said to Jack and Tim, we were stopping, but it was an hour before our stop. I said, I've got to get off. I'm going to be sick. So I ran off the bus and then they both got off and grabbed all our bags. So it was at this basically like service station in the middle of the Slovenian countryside. <laughs> anyway, so there's just a bench for the bus stop and then like a shack. I went in this shack and I was sick, right? I was sick in this toilet. It was horrible, proper like hungover. <laughs> oh, I gosh. come out and then my, bro- my mate Tim went, my mate Jack went in and did a, hungover shit right yeah. he, he's like literally one after the other okay yeah so, and then my mate tim went in for a piss the smell was so bad he was violently sick <laughs> just from smelling what had happened in there god oh god and then we all just oh sat on the bench god. and waited for another bus oh my god <laughs> oh. oh so i can't believe i've got another story but i'll just quick, i don't know if i've told this on the podcast before but it's a related story michael if i've told it i'm sorry my friends are coming back from a stag do yeah and the, they're on the motorway in a car four of them and the guy in the passenger's fr- front seat uh was so hungover he thought i'm gonna be sick <laughs> and he was like i can't be sick in the car mm. so they're traveling along the motorway so he opens the window <laughs> Sticks his head out to be sick. Obviously, the wind blows the sick back into the face of the guy behind him. He then starts being sick as well. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm, I'm, before we do the perspective, I do have another one. I don't want this to okay. feel like anecdotes. People at Barnard Castle are going, what is this first episode? So this is what I make Jack as well. I was driving home from Canterbury. He was so hungover, like really hungover. Just like, and he, he fell asleep the whole journey, right? And I was like, fair enough, he's asleep, he's hungover. So we're driving, driving back. I pull up outside his mum and dad's house, right? Because he's still living at home or at uni. Yeah. And he woke up, he was like, woke up like that. And then was immediately sick on his own lap. But just <laughs> stopped outside. He could, he could have got out of the car because he was just immediately sick oh, on his God. And then just turned around and went, sorry, and then got out and walked to his house covered in sick. Oh, God. Oh, alcohol is just Terrible. the fucking worst. It's fucking awful. Yeah, I'm, yeah I've st- I'm not drinking that much now. I'm st- I can't. It's the states I used to get myself shit. into. It's not it's good. It's not worth it. It's not worth it, is it? I think you're better off just working out what your problems are. <laughs> Spend that money on a therapist, and then once you work that out, you won't want to drink away the pain. <laughs> anyway. Any vasectomy? Yeah, Talk of yeah. pain. Hi, Rob and Josh. I've just listened to your podcast about vasectomy questions and think this story will make you laugh. My hubby had his done three years ago. I went with him to support like a good wife. He didn't want me to hold his hand, though, through the procedure, so I waited outside. Quite a while later, he emerged red-faced and sweating, trying to limply run out of the surgery when I asked him how it went. Well... The nurse kindly cleans the area after the procedure. The minute she started cleaning, his balls were the soapy, warm... <laughs> oh, no, so, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Let me, no. Do, let me give this to <laughs> The nurse kindly cleans the area after the procedure. Yeah, kindly. <laughs> kindly. <laughs> the minute she started cleaning his balls with warm, soapy water, he got a hard-on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. He was oh, mortified. No. The nurse and the doctor exchanged glances. I've never laughed so much all the way. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Oh, do you know you what? Think they you're respect that. To get a hard on after <laughs> straight after a vasectomy. Do you know what? I respect the hustle on the guy. Imagine yeah. he's been under the knife and he's still getting yeah. a lob on. Oh, fuck it, hell, that was funny. Oh my god. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. Hello, guys. Love the show and have listened to every single episode, although I have fallen a tiny bit behind after having my first child in August. Congratulations. I've just listened to the return of Tom Parry and the story Rob told before the interview about the grandparents who took their child for his first haircut, thereby completely robbing the parents of the experience. Made me realise that I have to tell you what happened to my niece's first birthday. As you all know, you start to wean babies onto solids around six months and you always start with, let's be honest, the boring bits, vegetables, fruit, etc. My yep. brother and his wife had been looking forward to my niece's first birthday as they had decided that the first taste of sugar she would get would be her birthday cake. They had been talking about the moment for months. So the candle was lit, happy birthday was sung, and my niece's candles were blown out. My brother and his wife excitedly went to the kitchen to cut my niece her first ever slice of cake. However, they returned to find her face covered in chocolate. One of my sister-in-law's friends, who had literally only arrived at the party five minutes earlier, had seen my niece reaching for the buffet table, so she mindlessly retrieved her a marshmallow top hat and handed it over to her and let her devour it. One of my sister-in-law's friends, who had literally only arrived at the party five minutes earlier, had seen my niece reaching for the buffet table, so she mindlessly retrieved her a marshmallow covered in chocolate, which is probably the most sugary of them all, and handed it to her and let her devour it. All the while, this was completely missed by the parents. My brother and sister-in-law came back in excitedly, only to find the moment had taken place without them. In fact, the only person who saw it happen was this random friend, who also (laughs) left two minutes later. (laughs) (laughs) Keep up the good work, Kerry. Oh, Oh, dear. But that's the thing. You should never rely on big moments to be big moments, because they won't be. It's just... The big moments come when you least expect it. Exactly. If you're thinking this is it, the first day they play in snow and then they're just fucking freezing or whatever. And they have an argument and it's, or they get yeah, wet and cry. Exactly. Just get a photo of them next to a snowman, get them back inside. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I think, I think it's like New Year's Eve. There's too much pressure on the big ones. Yeah, exactly. Too much pressure on the big ones. God, I'm turning 40 this year. <laughs> oh, excited, isn't it? No. Well, do you know what? I'm not worried about it, actually. It's not hitting me in the way that okay, I'm um, like, oh, I'm my God. I'm going to argue that you are because you've just brought that up. I, at no point would I thought you'd worry it's about the big ones. Well, you said New Year's Eve and there's too much pressure on the big ones. It's not a big one, is it, really? No. It's I, 30, I, do you 40, know 50, it's a round number. Oh, exactly. On, on You'll feel Friday, no different. I got caught in a conversation with two uh, men in their 60s uh, who were both showing me their um, oyster cards, their free oyster cards, and telling me that when you hit 60, you ha- start to really wonder whether you've used your life for the right reasons. Right, okay, that seems quite heavy. I don't think you should hang around with It was quite intense. It. No, I know. I, I, it's quite a weird <laughs> evening, actually. <laughs> well, I'd argue, Josh, you're in a much better place physically and mentally than you were at 25. So why worry about that? Yes. Hi, guys. I'm messaging you to give my amazing wife, Becky, a small business shout-out. She runs a small business called Woofs and Weddings in Essex, <laughs> which is a wedding chaperone service for your dog. Fucking hell. She will care for your dog throughout the wedding day, making dreams of having your best pal by your side on a day a reality. She'll even stay with your pet overnight in the comfort of their own home. She's a full member of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, only achieved through using kind, fair and effective training methods. She's fully insured for pet sitting, walking, taxi services and training. She also holds a human and pet first aid certificate. She came up with the idea during our own wedding last year. She wanted our dogs at the wedding, but uh, we wanted our dogs at the wedding, but had no one to look after 
for them during the day and to care for them overnight. I'd really appreciate a shout out. She's worked so hard and it's such a lovely little business. Find her on Instagram at woofs.and.weddings and online at woofsandweddings.co.uk. Bloody hell. Wow. That is... Uh, I reckon... There's definitely a market that's for gonna, that. I think that is th- something I thought... I can't believe that that exists, followed by one of the things that will get the most take-up we've ever read out in terms of people. Yeah, I go- agree. Personally, straight in the fucking kennel. <laughs> but, um, but, each to their own. But I reckon there's <laughs> a lot of dog lovers dogs. out there that will go, that is a great idea. <laughs> I do love of my which, dogs, to be fair, but, you know. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to say that. Oh, thanks for being so sexy and relatable. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Cheers, cheers Greg. Cater. Lives in Sybil Headingham, Essex. I've got one here. Here we go. Hi, Rob and Josh. Thanks for the amazing podcast. It's got me through my first few years of parenting, and I can't thank you enough. I have a small business shout-out request for you. Dad Sabbath. Dad Sabbath. Our all-dad Black Sabbath tribute band. Love it. Being young dads, me and my friends were looking for more reasons to hang out together once lockdown was over. And seeing as we all used to play in bands, we thought, what better way than to get back together and rock out to some Sabbath? We started it as an excuse to see one another, and we have turned it into a business. So if anyone needs a Black Sabbath tribute band for whatever reason, we actually have a wedding book next year. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Dad Sabbath Band, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Dad Sabbath Band. Thank you for doing the podcast while being sexually relatable. Mark Docher. Um, go on, Mark. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do Dad you want to hear Sabbath. a fact about Dad Sabbath, about Black Sabbath? Uh, yeah, go Rob. on. Rob. So, you know your thing about uh, you don't know if something's good or bad when it happens to you because you don't know how it'll play out. Yes. If you want to just give a, a t- 10 second description of what I mean by that. Yes, I think so. Basically, we don't know enough about the world and how it's going to work in order to know if the news we were receiving is good or bad news. It's our own narrative that we put on it if it's good or bad, but we don't know how things will play out. So, for example, the whole world stopping, I couldn't do my tour theatres, and then me and you ended up starting this podcast, which has been brilliant and I love doing it. But on paper, that was bad news but actually it was good news in a way Fuck so us. that's that's the yeah. way to look at the world and it's a lot easier i think that way yeah tony iomi the guitarist in black sabbath yeah uh worked they're from birmingham aren't they uh they he worked in like a steelworks yeah uh and they were and he was like going there as a musician and he uh at when he was at the factory or whatever maybe it's a fact whatever he worked and he got um he lost two fingers on his hand yeah in a in a machine and then when he started playing guitar again, he had a unique sound because of his hand. And that is what created the sound that made Black Sabbath one of the kind of innovators of heavy rock in the 70s exactly. and made him a superstar. There you go. Exactly. So you never know. So don't put too much pressure on what's happening because we don't exactly. know what's going to happen. Right. Well done, Josh. I enjoyed that. Loads of sick and shit. Apologies if you're listening yeah, to that. Yeah, but do email in with the title, The, the worst, worst Thing I've Ever Smelled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please do. I want to know. Please do. Um, and give us a bit of backstory as well. Don't just like write a, a, a shit once. <laughs> um, right, I'll see you on Friday, Josh. See you on Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.